Hey friends, welcome to this bonus episode, part two of the eight life lessons I learned in 2022. Um, In this one, I just dive straight into number five, so I waste no time with an intro, but I just want to say Happy New Year. Welcome back. This was going to be the last episode of 2022, but it turns out it's the first episode of 2023. Hey, in the end, you'll hear me mention the New Year's Planner. I linked it, or I'm going to link it down in the show notes. It is a free downloadable that I created as a resource for you guys. If you would like a fresh way to plan for your new year, strategize your resolutions in partnership with the Holy Spirit. So it's it's really refreshing and energizing. I just completed mine and I felt pretty lit when I was done. So it's a free downloadable available for you if you want to take some time this week to kind of step aside and look at your year. Otherwise, let's jump into this episode, picking up with number five. You're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Fifth lesson I learned this year, asking God good questions and even changing your prayers in order to get the breakthroughs you're looking for. Now, some people, the philosophy is, but God knows my heart. So when I'm praying, it shouldn't really matter exactly what my words are. God knows my heart, and and that's what he's paying attention to. Yes, he knows your heart, but you underestimate the importance of your voice. Here's why I say that. Because God may know your heart, but what comes out of your mouth in prayer actually really matters kind of like this. Let's say you're in a battle, you're a soldier, and there's an army general. If the army general takes the position of, well, the soldiers know my heart, I'm just going to try to like give them the gist of the idea. His very specific instructions, they take literally and seriously. If he is not being clear and precise in his words, it can cost lives. A general, a leader, someone with authority, a.k.a. you as a son of God in the spirit realm have authority. If someone with authority does not use their words strategically, then the people who respond to their authority or the entities that respond to their authority may be bound up with confusion, may do the wrong things, it may empower the wrong people. When you're in prayer, your authority is expressed through your words. You're made in the image of God. God created the world. Guess what? He didn't create the world with his hands. He created the world with his words. The expression of God's creativity and authority came through his voice. You're made in his image. The expression of your authority comes primarily through your voice. And it comes through your voice in the natural and the spirit. So guess what? Angels and demons are listening for your voice because your voice has authority. And so you actually can give permission to the enemy through your words, or you can give directives and instructions to angels through your words. Pro, uh, what is it? Isaiah 45, 11 says, as for God is talking, he says, as for the works of my hands, you command me. Isaiah 45, 11, you command me. The works of his hands, we command his hands. We command the the way that God is going to use his hands and the works he is going to do. That changes the way you look at prayer. 
Your words have authority. What you pray, how you pray matters. There was a dream that a minister had where he was dealing with the enemy and the enemy was taunting and tormenting and harassing and all of this stuff. And he was like, and Jesus was there and Jesus was standing there and he was standing there silent. And the enemy is harassing and tormenting. And he was like, it was just too much. And he was like, Jesus, help, Jesus, help, Jesus, help me. And he looked over and he said, Jesus, why aren't you doing anything? And Jesus said to him, why aren't you doing anything? Use your words, use your voice. I've given you authority. And so he realized he was expecting Jesus to do what God had already given him authority to do. And so he looked back at the devil and he said, I rebuke you, Satan, get behind me. You have no power here or whatever he said. And the enemy responded immediately to the authority of this man of God's voice. And it dealt with the situation. And he said, Jesus, why weren't you doing anything? He said, he said, son, I have already given you the authority. You need to use it. Stop asking me to do what I have told you to do. And so in your prayers, a lot of times, and, and even for me, there was a battle part of why, you know, I felt so broken at the beginning of the year. I didn't know I was in the middle of like a spiritual battle later in the year. I was like, I was done. And it had been like three years that I had not felt like myself, been kind of in the dark night of my soul, if you will. And and for these three years, I had been praying and I've been, God, help me. God, help me. God, give me wisdom. God, this, God, this. God, help. God, help. That was my biggest prayer. God, help. Um, I, had, I, had, I had prayed a thousand prayers, but they were all prayers that left me in the battle. And so finally, this year, I just was like, I am I am done with this. I am tired of not feeling like myself, not feeling the anointing and the call of God that I know is on my life and not having the passion for it. Like I, I mean, like I was just in a, a kind of a, just a really dark place. And so I finally, I shifted my prayer instead of pleading for help. I said, Lord, I need you to show me what is at the root of this battle because I want to lay the axe of the word of God to the root of this tree and be done with it. And sure enough, the Lord showed me over the next few days, a dream my husband had had about three and a half years ago was, was like in front of me in my imagination. Like it kept interrupting my thoughts and I kept being reminded of it throughout the days for the next few, few days. And so finally it got my attention and I was like, wait, why do I keep thinking about this dream? And then I thought about it in the dream. There was a, a the enemy was looking for a way to harm me. And it was an attack that my husband struggled in the dream to protect me from. And the enemy bit me, or he was a, a bobcat, uh, which speaks to different things. But um, the bobcat bit me, lunged at me and bit me. And eventually my husband was able to fight it off, but it bit me. And I knew when he had the dream, holy crap, that means that there's an attack and it may actually be somewhat successful. What am I about to go through? And when he had that dream was the beginning of that dark night of my soul, three years of just feeling like I, I, I was losing myself. And so when I saw that dream again, I was like, Oh, that's what's at the bottom of this. All these three years I had thought the bottom of this was my wounds and my, like my, my, uh, my own problems, the things that I had cre I created this for myself somehow, you know, that's what I thought. Well, when the Lord showed me this dream, and I realized this has been an attack. Holy crap. I said, okay, Lord, 
then you know what? I don't know where this attack came from, but clearly it was just an attack. The enemy is trying to destroy me. I said, I am declaring this attack is over. I am done. I will not participate. The enemy is, is done. And so I like totally shifted my approach in prayer. And I said, I am decreeing, and I, I think I used some scripture like um, that no weapon formed against me will prosper and that the Lord will refute every tongue that accuses me. And I was like, Lord, and I just started applying scriptures to the situations with my words, but my posture was different. I was no longer begging and pleading for help. I was standing as someone who had authority over my life and over the enemy. And I said, no more. I am drawing a line. I am done. You are done. This is over. And so then by the end of my prayer, I was like, okay, Lord, I just, I just want some confirmation that actually the season is over <laughs> because I was like, I don't know if it's okay for me to just decide the attack is over. I don't know if that's how this works, but I am deciding and I want it to be done. So can you give me some confirmation? And, uh, and so over the next few days, we went on a trip, a pastor's, um, a pastor's conference, and there was a series of situations. I don't have time to unfold it, but there was a series of situations where the Lord confirmed this is done. And you guys, it was beautiful. I wish I could go into all the details. Maybe I will in another episode, but it was just beautiful the way the Lord like boom, 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 checked boxes and responded to what I was asking for, for fleeces. I put out some fleece um, for confirmation and all these different things. And the Lord, the season was done. And so I, I just began to realize the way I approach a situation in prayer matters. What comes out of my mouth matters. My posture in prayer matters. Do not underestimate your authority in the place of prayer, but also do not underestimate how to pray. And, and here's, because none of us know exactly how to pray all the time. And so here's my most popular common prayer. God, how should I pray about this? I just ask him. He knows, and he wants me to be fruitful in all that I do. So Holy Spirit, show me how to pray. Jesus, Jesus even said, Father, teach us how to pray. Like, show me how to pray. I need to know what weapons to use, what position to take, what word to release, what thing to th take authority over. And so how you pray, ask God good questions, and changing your prayers sometimes will be what brings you the breakthrough that you've been looking for. With that, asking God good questions is part of it. Uh, and there have been times where I'll, I'll ask God a question and it's an insightful question or it's like a strategic question that I can tell is gonna unlock some wisdom that I need. And I have heard the Holy Spirit say to me, now that is a good question. Like, and not like, hmm, that's a good question. Let me think about it. But like that, my daughter, is a good question to be asking. Yes. You know, just the affirmation of you're onto something. And, um, and I've heard him say that too when I am praying certain prayers. He's like, that is a good prayer. Meaning like, pray that thing through. And so just shifting sometimes if you're in a situation you can't get the breakthrough, Ask the Holy Spirit, what am I not seeing? How should I be praying differently about this um, so that we can get the breakthrough we're after? Okay, number six, being aware of what your motivators are. I'm gonna hit these more quickly because I wanna get through it. Being aware of what your motivators are. This was a huge lesson for me this year, but I didn't realize as I was going through the dark night of my soul, um, it also challenged some extreme Christian beliefs that I had. And I call them extreme not because they're not true, but because in my youthfulness, I think I took some philosophies to extreme, such as dying to self. I thought, or let's say love, loving well. 
I had this belief as a younger person that if I'm really loving someone, it's going to cost me something because it's not real love if it doesn't cost you something. That sounds good and it sounds noble and there may be some times where that is true and, and loving well will cost you. However, if you're always giving from a place where things are costing you, you're going to find that eventually you're living beyond your capacity. And some people would say, oh, but that's good. Then, then in your weakness, God's power is made perfect and God will show up. And yeah, sometimes, absolutely. But here's the deal. You are a human with limits and you have a limited capacity to love. And so loving, for example, or giving or dying to myself requires that I'm giving from a place of abundance and that I have something to give from, not nothing to give from. If you're constantly giving from the place of having nothing left to give, you are going to be living in the place of beyond your limits where you'll find yourself resentful. You'll find yourself bitter. You'll find yourself burned out. You have to guard your heart. The Bible also says, may you be in health and prosper just as your soul prospers. Your soul is meant to be prospering. Your soul is meant to be full and abundant. If you're guarding your heart healthfully, not in fear, and that's part of where this motivators things come from. Like, am I guarding my heart out of fear that I'm going to overdo it? Or am I guarding my, 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 my fart, <laughs> guarding my heart out of wisdom and out of the desire to walk in wisdom. So something I found is that one way you can kind of figure out if um, if you're going to extremes. Ecclesiastes says the man of God, I think it's Ecclesiastes 7, says the man of God will avoid all extremes. I have found that when people get caught up in even Christian concepts that end up destructive, it's because they took it to an extreme. And... I think the reason why extremes are unhealthy is because oftentimes extremes are motivated by fear, not by love. Um, usually extremes are motivated by uh, fear and not by wisdom. Wisdom is actually found in the middle of the road because where it can discern how far to lean this direction, how far to lean that direction. Wisdom will not be motivated by fear. Wisdom is motivated by love and by faith and by wisdom. You know, the desire to do what is right and well without fear of doing it wrong. Okay, so some fears that I found were motivators of mine that I didn't realize how much of a motivator there was, was fear of missing out. This is human experience, the fear of missing out. I don't know why we have a fear of missing out. Uh, it's got to be very fundamental to our humanity for some reason. But fear of missing out is a fear that can be a motivator. Um, I remember I used to, growing up, I used to be afraid I was going to miss out on the call of God on my life. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that. But I, I was afraid I was going to miss out. Well, ironically, in this dark night of my soul, the Lord challenged that and was like, Jenilee, you will not miss out on the call of God on your life. You are seeking me. You are pursuing me. You will not miss it. I will make sure it finds you. And so he brought a lot of peace. Fear of man is another fear that can be a motivator. And a lot of these fears are on a subconscious level that they're hard to identify unless you take the time to stop and evaluate what is your motivator. Fear of failure is another one. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to fail, so I don't even try. That's where a lot of self-sabotage comes, comes from, um, or fear of success even. So Romans 14.23 says everything <coughs> that is not from faith is sin. 
what? Everything that is not from faith is sin. So if I'm living where my parenting is constantly driven by fear, fear that my kids are going to grow up and become hellions, fear that I'm not a good parent, and so every time they mess up, it, it aggravates that fear in me, fear of this, fear of that, guess what? Then none of, I'm, none of what I'm doing is born out of faith, then, then all of it is sin. Why? And sin means not like, oh, you wicked, horrible sinner. Sin simply means missing the mark, meaning you're not fulfilling the design that God has for you, the vision he has for you. What is his vision? That we would live in a peace-filled, faith-filled place of, um, of faith orientation. One thing a friend of mine says that I feel like captures it so well, she says, things in life do not happen to you, they happen for you. And she said that to me a number of times before it started to sink in. My experiences in life do not happen to me, they happen for me. But if I think that's happening to me, that's actually the orientation of, of a victim thinking and a fear-based thinking. It's happening to me. Ah, look out. The world, the sky is falling. But if I believe things in life are happening for me, for my good. Sound familiar? Romans eight twenty eight. God uses all things, works all things together for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. If I can believe that all things, <coughs> no matter how severe, no matter how difficult, are happening for me, then I'm going to have an inner orientation of faith. And living from that place allows me to stay in a place of gratitude, allows me to stay in a place of hope, allows me to stay in a place of love. And these are the fruits that God asks of our life. And so anything not done from faith being sin, meaning if you are not oriented from a place of faith on the inside in everything you do, you're missing the mark. You're missing the mark for your Christian life. Okay, and so being aware of your motivators is really important. And that's part of self-awareness, which is actually my seventh lesson learned is the importance of self-awareness, leaning into your heart and your spirit and not abusively just silencing yourself is important. Self-awareness is the ability to step back, look at, okay, Jen, why did you just do that? Why did you just act like that? Why did you just say that? Where did those emotions come from? Why did you have such a violent response inside of yourself to your kids spilling their milk on the floor, you know, or whatever, you know, why, why asking yourself why and where does this come from is part of having a self-aware approach to life. I, I found that through the dark night of my soul, part of what had wounded me so much in my life was my habit and belief that I just needed to override my heart and do what was right. As though my heart was somehow this wicked part of me, which some people in Christian circles do believe the heart is deceptive above all things who can perceive it from Jeremiah. But guess what? In the New Testament, you've been given a new heart and a new mind and your heart and your soul were given to you by God. God created your soul. He gave you a will. He gave you a mind. He gave you emotions. They're not inherently evil. Now, do we have a sin nature? Yeah, absolutely. Is our soul learning to be made like Christ? That's the sanctification process? Yes, absolutely. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to override your heart. There's an intuition inside of yourself that God has given you that is meant to help you understand and, and lean in and have discernment about things. And so like, let's say, um, you know, like, uh, let's say I'm in a relationship with someone, I, I make a new friend and, and every so often I'll get this little check in my gut and things like that 
maybe relationships that you've like, you get a gut check or your heart says, oh, I just, I just, now I feel like women are better about listening to this kind of stuff, but sometimes we can talk our way out of these discernments and these heart checks that actually are important to pay attention to. And I would say less important, it's all important, but I would say what's even more important is being aware of what, when your heart is like, I don't feel safe. This doesn't feel good. I don't, I want, and you need to evaluate that because sometimes those inner checks of like, okay, fight or flight response is activating right now. Sometimes that's something you really need to pay attention to. Things are not safe and there's a reason. Maybe the conversation is actually, there's some manipulation happening, but you just don't recognize it, but you can feel it. And so you're getting kind of a, a red flag. Well, pay attention to those things. Don't just override it. However, in paying attention, you also ask yourself, okay, is this my issue or is this something external? And for example, um, there had been a situation where uh, my husband and I were in a conversation. I've shared this before. And we, it was a group text conversation. And I initiated a question like, hey, when are we going to all get together? Well, instead of the other people in the conversation responding to me, one of the men outside, or one of the men texted Stephen directly and said, hey, Stephen, let's work this thing out. Da, 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 da. And then uh, he asked Stephen, he was like, hey, Stephen, what do you think? And so Stephen responded in the group text and the man acknowledged Stephen's voice, but never acknowledged mine in the text. Really, they were trying to trying to be leaders and trying to take initiative, and, and I realized that practically, but it still caused a reaction on the inside of me, and a reaction that made me want to go spit and cuss. And so I was like, generally, what, what is this reaction? And so I stopped, and I realized a button was being pushed inside of myself. And I was like, okay, generally, that button is only there because there's a lie that's being aggravated. What is the lie that you're believing that is making you have this reaction? And that's called self-awareness right there. I was able to recognize, oop, I'm having a reaction. Oop, where is it coming from? And oop, is it the truth? (laughs) And so I realized the lie being aggravated was that I felt like my voice didn't matter. And that's because of experiences in the church as a pastor's wife, experiences in my marriage at times, and just different experiences that had nurtured that lie of my voice doesn't matter. And so when I was able to step back and realize, oh, generally this is a you issue. (laughs) That's the lie being aggravated. The truth is your voice does matter and they're not ignoring you on purpose. And so I was able to deal with the lie and go back to the conversation without offense and just take it for what it was They were trying to um, work things out and be leaders in the situation. And so I was able to handle that. That's self-awareness. Self-awareness is that process of being aware of what's happening inside of myself. How do I respond to it well? What is my junk? What is someone else's junk? And then handling it responsibly. And so self-awareness is really, 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 really important. But with that comes the need to pay attention to those little red flags and those little alerts your heart will throw. Because those are the things you need to pay attention to. Those are the things that will be giving you clues. Lastly, with that, there's a passage that says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It is really important you don't live overriding your heart for the sake of principle. Now, principle matters. Uh, We want to live as principled people. Just because I feel angry doesn't mean I can act angry. That's part of being self-aware and living by principle. But I lived in a space where 
based on the principle of dying to myself, I believed that I didn't have a right to ask for this. I didn't have a right to ask for that. I didn't have a right to say enough. I'm at my limit. I overrode the limits of my heart and the limits of my humanity for the sake of the principle to die to myself. So that I took to an extreme. So you want to be principled coupled with wisdom, not principled coupled with extremes. Extremism. Extremism is unhealthy. Wisdom is healthy. And so I'm going to leave that right there. I feel like if I keep trying to unfold it in a short amount of time, it may get messier. So we're just going to leave that right there. But the importance of self-awareness so you can be a healthy person, the intuition of your heart, the red flags of your heart, the, the things your heart whispers to you matter. But they are meant to cause you to look closer and to lean in and ask yourself, heart, what are you asking for? Heart, what is it you're needing? Heart, are you believing a lie? And lean into your spirit to lead you into the truth of that. So that you're not abusive to yourself by just shutting down your heart all the time and silencing your inner voice. You don't want to be abusive to yourself. You want to be kind to yourself. Kindness would say, heart, what are you asking for? Heart, I'm listening. What what do you need in this moment? And silencing and shutting down aggressively is actually a fear response. Taking time to listen to and honor what your heart may be asking for is a love and faith-based response. So self-awareness is important. Last lesson learned in 2022, the importance of what comes out of your mouth. We kind of dug into it a little bit earlier, but I realized this year how important what I say is. I think it's easy, especially if you've been in unhealthy relationships, to begin to believe your voice doesn't matter or that your voice doesn't make a difference or that no one wants to hear what you have to say. But guess what, my friend? That is a lie of the enemy seeking to weaken and destroy you and it's not true. What comes out of your mouth matters because the truth is you are a son of God and God has given you all authority. All authority in heavenly places has been given to Christ who gives it to us. We're co-heirs with him. And what comes out of your mouth matters because the spirit realm is listening. The natural realm is listening. Your subconscious mind is listening. And so what comes out of your mouth feeds your subconscious mind. Did you know that your brain believes the things that come in your ears, but the things that you think your brain only says about 20% of that is true or only weighs it about with 20% of um, validation. But if it comes out of your mouth and goes in your ears, now your heart and subconscious mind believe it with 80% certainty. And so what comes out of your mouth feeds your spirit and feeds your future. There's a proverb that says, by the words of your mouth, your belly is filled. And I think I I view that as your inner man, your inner guts, your instinct, your your inner self, right? Your belly is filled. That's where your spirit resides. And so with the words of your mouth, your inner man is filled. And the Bible also says that power of life and death is in the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. The power of life and death is in the tongue. What you say really matters. And so I learned that it's important that I'm speaking words of gratitude and that my self-talk, that I'm paying attention to not just the things I'm thinking of myself, but the things I'm saying about myself. Your voice is the expression of your spiritual authority. Again, back to Isaiah 45, 11, The word says, concerning the works of my hands, you command me. What comes out of your mouth matters. Angels are listening to take action based on your words. 
Demons are listening, looking for legal access into your life through your words. And so all of heaven is listening. And I'll end with this little story. Uh, Years ago, the Lord had pulled me out. I was doing laundry and the Lord pulled me out to the back porch and I just felt like he kind of wanted to connect. And so I went out there and I said, Lord, what's up? And he said, I want you to praise me. And I was like, uh, out loud out here, awkward. And, um, Long story short, I ended up finally just shouting praises. And as I did, I had this open vision where I saw into heaven. My eyes were open. I could see it in my in my imagination, in my spirit. But with my eyes open, it was almost like it was playing out in front of me. And I saw the curtains of heaven pulled back. And I could see into the throne room. And I saw the Father and I saw the Son at his side. And I saw all these angels. They were all peeking around the curtains and they were all like... They were all worshiping him, but as I worshiped, they turned to their attention, and then suddenly I had all of heaven's attention. And when I finally, when I realized this, it kind of caught my breath. I was like, <gasps> "What do I do?" <laughs> and uh, and I, I realized they were all waiting for me to say something. They were waiting. They were waiting for an that it was like the proper order of things. I praised, I worshiped, and now they were waiting for an instruction. And so I realized the gravity and the weight of the moment. And so I said, Lord, what should I say? What should I pray? And he said, ask that I would send my harvesting angels, that I'll release my harvesting angels. And I didn't even know that was a thing. And I said, okay. Now, now when the Lord told me what to pray, they didn't move. But it wasn't until it came out of my mouth that suddenly I saw angels go flying. They like lit up the sky. They flew so fast and they, I saw them flying throughout the area, going into homes and businesses and private places to, to visit people. And I was like, it was so dramatic. <clears throat> it took my breath away. I was like, <gasps> it took my breath away. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And so that of course led me into more worship. Oh my gosh, God, that's amazing. You're amazing. That's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. I was all excited. And so all of heaven turned and started worshiping him and, and everyone was celebrating God and how awesome he is. And then they turned their attention back to me and I realized they were waiting for another instruction. And so this happened about two or three times before my experience kind of closed off and, and it was, it was done. But what it taught me was the crucial importance of A, using my words, but B, aligning my words with what God would have me say because angels and heaven are waiting to respond to my voice. So the importance of what comes out of your mouth towards your children, towards yourself, towards your circumstances, what are you saying out loud? Because not only are angels listening, demons are listening and they are looking for an inroad to come and destroy your life. So if you have a child who has wandered from the Lord and you keep saying out loud, man, they're just so jacked up right now. They're just so messed up and they're so this and they're so that. If you keep speaking their current circumstance, that is all you will ever see. You have to change your words to be in alignment with what God would say about them. You know what? They are a son of God. I I decree over their life that they will turn their ways and return to the Lord because as you raise a child in the way they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. Your words matter over people, over situations, over your life, and over your circumstances. They matter. So that was the last lesson I learned. We could go into that on a whole nother thing, but those are the lessons I learned from 
2022. I hope this has been a blessing to you guys. Listen, going into 2023, it's a new year. It's exciting. I can't wait. I already have a bunch of really great stuff lined up for you guys next year. Thank you for your support in 2022. Um, It has been such a blessing to me as you guys have left reviews and left comments and posted on your social media, texted me like, hey, this episode impacted me. You guys have no idea. When I don't hear anything, I start to wonder if anyone's listening because I, I just don't have any feedback. And so when you guys reach out to offer that feedback, it oh my gosh, that's my paycheck. That is my paycheck. <laughs> and so going into 2023, I have some exciting things planned. I want you to be praying about if you would partner with Java with Jen as a patron. I'm working out this membership thing. It's going to simultaneously supports the podcast, but then it will be I'm creating resources that I'm going to make accessible just to my patrons. As I create more and more resources, I may make them available for purchase by other from other people, but they will be free to my patrons um, that are sponsors of the podcast. And so I'll dig into that in January. But for now, you guys, I love you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your just partnership and sharing these episodes with people and just for believing in me and coming back to listening to these episodes at Java with Jen, whether they're long or short, you guys are a blessing. So thanks so much for coming and um, happy new year. Don't forget to download that new year's planner. If you want to have a fresh approach to your resolutions and planning, I think it will leave you really encouraged and built up and with just a fresh take and some hope for 2023. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember, hearing God's voice is simple and he wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.